Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Burned his hand when he discovered that he was still clutching the stump of the festive cigar, which he happened to be smoking when the revel broke up. It was nearly out, and he was about to extinguish it carefully when Nursie's voice was heard, and fearing it would betray him if he hid it in the bed, he threw it underneath, after a final pinch, which he thought finished it. Nursie came in with Demi, who looked much amazed to see the red face of Tommy reposing peacefully upon his pillow. "'He wasn't there just now, because I woke up and could not find him anywhere,' said Demi, pouncing on him. "'What mischief are you at now, bad child?' asked Nursie, with a good-natured shake, which made the sleeper open his eyes to say meekly, "'I only ran into Nat's room to see him about something. Go away and let me alone. I'm awful sleepy.' Nursie tucked Demi in and went off to reconnoiter, but only found two boys slumbering peacefully in Dan's room. "'Some little frolic,' she thought and as there was no harm done she said nothing to Mrs. Bear, who was busy and worried over little Teddy. Tommy was sleepy, and telling Demi to mind his own business and not ask questions, he was snoring in ten minutes, little dreaming what was going on under his bed. The cigar did not go out, but smoldered away on the straw carpet till it was nicely on fire, and a hungry little flame went creeping along till the dimity bed-cover caught, then the sheets and then the bed itself. The beer made Tommy sleep heavily, and the smoke stupefied Demi, so they slept on till the fire began to scorch them, and they were in danger of being burned to death. Franz was sitting up to study, and as he left the schoolroom he smelt the smoke, dashed upstairs, and saw it coming in a cloud from the left wing of the house. Without stopping to call anyone, he ran into the room, dragged the boys from the blazing bed, and splashed all the water he could find at hand onto the flames. It checked but did not quench the fire, and the children, wakened on being tumbled topsy-turvy into a cold hall, began to roar at the top of their voices. Mrs. Bear instantly appeared, and a minute after Silas burst out of his room shouting, "'Fire!' in a tone that raised the whole house. A flock of white goblins with scared faces crowded into the hall, and for a minute everyone was panic-stricken. Then Mrs. Bear found her wits, bade Nursie see to the burnt boys, and sent Franz and Silas downstairs for some tubs of wet clothes which she flung on the bed, over the carpet, and up against the curtains, now burning finely, and threatening to kindle the walls. Most of the boys stood dumbly looking on, but Dan and Emil worked bravely, running to and fro with water from the bathroom, and helping to pull down the dangerous curtains. The peril was soon over, and ordering the boys all back to bed, and leaving Silas to watch lest the fire broke out again, Mrs. Bear and Franz went to see how the poor boys got on. Demi had escaped with one burn and a grand scare, 
but Tommy had not only most of his hair scorched off his head, but a great burn on his arm that made him half crazy with pain. Demi was soon made cozy, and Franz took him away to his own bed, where the kind lad soothed his fright and hummed him to sleep as cozily as a woman. Nursie watched over poor Tommy all night, trying to ease his misery, and Mrs. Bear vibrated between him and little Teddy with oil and cotton, paragoric and squills, saying to herself from time to time as if she found great amusement in the thought, "'I always knew Tommy would set the house on fire, and now he has done it!' When Mr. Bear got home next morning he found a nice state of things, Tommy in bed, Teddy wheezing like a little grampus, Mrs. Joe quite used up, and the whole flock of boys so excited that they all talked at once, and almost dragged him by main force to view the ruins. Under his quiet management things soon fell into order, for everyone felt that he was equal to a dozen conflagrations, and worked with a will at whatever task he gave them. There was no school that morning, but by afternoon the damaged room was put to rights, the invalids were better, and there was time to hear and judge the little culprits quietly. Nat and Tommy told their parts in the mischief, and were honestly sorry for the danger they had brought to the dear old house and all in it. But Dan put on his devil-may-care look, and would not own that there was much harm done. Now of all things Mr. Bear hated drinking, gambling, and swearing. Smoking he had given up, that the lads might not be tempted to try it and it grieved and angered him deeply to find that the boy, with whom he had tried to be most forbearing, should take advantage of his absence to introduce these forbidden vices, and teach his innocent little lads to think it manly and pleasant to indulge in them. He talked long and earnestly to the assembled boys, and ended by saying with an air of mingled firmness and regret, "'I think Tommy is punished enough.' and that scar on his arm will remind him for a long time to let these things alone. Nat's fright will do for him, for he is really sorry, and does try to obey me. But you, Dan, have been many times forgiven, and yet it does no good. I cannot have my boys hurt by your bad example, nor my time wasted in talking to deaf ears. So you can say good-bye to them all and tell Nursie to put up your things in my little black bag. "'Oh, sir, where is he going?' cried Nat. "'To a pleasant place in the country, where I sometimes send boys when they don't do well here. Mr. Page is a kind man, and Dan will be happy there if he chooses to do his best.' "'Will he ever come back?' asked Emmy. "'That will depend on himself. I hope so.' As he spoke, Mr. Bear left the room to write his letter to Mr. Page, and the boys crowded round Dan very much as people do about a man who is going on a long and perilous journey to unknown regions. "'I wonder if you'll like it,' began Jack. "'Shan't stay if I don't,' said Dan coolly. "'Where will you go?' asked Nat. "'I may go to sea, or out west, or take a look at California.' answered Dan, with a reckless air that quite took away the breath of the little boys. "'Oh, don't. Please stay with Mr. Page a while, and then come back here. Do, Dan,' pleaded Nat, much affected at the whole affair. 
I don't care where I go or how long I stay, and I'll be hanged if I ever come back here. With which wrathful speech Dan went away to put up his things, every one of which Mr. Bear had given him. That was the only good-bye he gave the boys, for they were all talking the matter over in the barn when he came down, and he told Nat not to call them. The wagon stood at the door, and Mrs. Bear came out to speak to Dan, looking so sad that his heart smote him, and he said in a low tone, "'May I say good-bye to Teddy?' "'Yes, dear, go in and kiss him. He will miss his Danny very much.' No one saw the look in Dan's eyes as he stooped over the crib, and saw the little face light up at first sight of him. But he heard Mrs. Bear say pleadingly, "'Can't we give the poor lad one more trial, Fritz?' And Mr. Bear answer in his steady way, "'My dear, it is not best. So let him go where he can do no harm to others while they do good to him. And by and by he shall come back, I promise you.' He's the only boy we ever failed with, and I am so grieved, for I thought there was the making of a fine man in him, spite of his faults. Dan heard Mrs. Bear sigh, and he wanted to ask for one more trial himself, but his pride would not let him, and he came out with the hard look on his face, shook hands without a word, and drove away with Mr. Bear, leaving Nat and Mrs. Joe to look after him with tears in their eyes. A few days afterwards they received a letter from Mr. Page, saying that Dan was doing well, whereat they all rejoiced. But three weeks later came another letter, saying that Dan had run away, and nothing had been heard of him, whereat they all looked sober. And Mr. Bear said, "'Perhaps I ought to have given him another chance.' Mrs. Bear, however, nodded wisely, and answered, "'Don't be troubled, Fritz.' The boy will come back to us, I'm sure of it. But time went on, and no Dan came. End of chapter 6 Recording by Mimi Wong